Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, you know, so we're in this series called Mythbusters, um, and, and we're answering the question today, do all religions teach the same thing? You know, so there's an analogy that I ran across in multiple sources as, as I was studying uh, for this message today, and it, it, some of it was from, from Christian authors writing, saying this is what some people believe. Uh, as, I, as I was looking at other religions, I found the same story or the same analogy, uh, sometimes in different forms, but an analogy of saying, hey, this is really what all different world religions teach. And, and the story or the analogy goes like this. It says that there were basically these four blind men. They were walking along, and they come across this animal that they don't know what it is. They had never heard of an elephant before, okay? They'd never, they'd never seen one, they had never heard one, they had never smelled one, they'd never touched one, or anything like that. But they're walking along, and they find this elephant. And so they all go up, and they, they grab hold of the elephant in different spots. And so the first guy, he goes up, and he grabs the elephant's trunk, I believe, um, and he says, hey, hey, guys, listen, the, the, elephant, the elephant's kind of like a hose. And another guy, he, he's gone up to the elephant's side, and he's kind of putting his hands on the elephant's side. He's going, no, no, no. The elephant's not like a hose. The elephant's more like a wall. And the third blind man, where he had grabbed a hold, he goes up and he, he puts his arms around the elephant's leg, and he says, no, 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 you guys got it wrong. The elephant, the elephant is like a tree trunk. And then the fourth guy, he grabs the elephant in a bad spot. He grabs the tail of the elephant. And he says, no, guys, you got it all wrong. An elephant, an elephant's like a snake. And see, people use that, that analogy to say that we are like the blind people and that God is like the elephant and that, and that we have simply latched on to a part of God and we miss out on who the whole picture is because we're, we're, we're blind and we really don't know. And that's, what, that's the way that many people think of different religions. They, they say things like, God can't be fully comprehended, and we are like blind people, and so we simply talk about, in our, perf- in our particular religion, we simply describe God as best we can, knowing what we know. Now, interestingly, I was in Russia about two weeks ago. Uh, I, I was sharing with some of the people that we work with in Moscow about the series that we were in. And I was telling them about this sermon that I was preparing for. Do all religions teach the same thing? And they said, you know what? We get asked that question in Moscow as well. This isn't something that we as Americans struggle with. It's really something that people all over struggle with. And so I asked our friends there, I said, so what is it that you do? How do you answer that question when you're talking with people? And they said this, well, we answer them with respect we answer directly, we answer with truth, and we answer with love. And so today, I, I hope that we're going to do just that. We're going to jump in and answer with respect, and truth, and love. Do all religions basically teach the same thing? Let me do a very quick recap of the series up to this point. In week one, Pastor Keith answered the question, is it arrogant to say that Jesus is the only way? He did a remarkable job. If you didn't hear that message um, go back and get it on podcast. But we basically learned that the reasons we believe that Jesus is God, what the Bible teaches, Jesus claims himself, and the teaching of the apostles. And then last week, Keith answered the question, 
Does, does Christianity force morality on others? And, and we learned that the answer to that question is kind of yes and kind of no. No in the sense that we don't go to individuals or that we're not making individuals believe a certain way or behave a certain way. You might remember that. But yes, in a way that we as followers of Christ who, who read the Bible and go, you know what, the Bible teaches us how we're to live. And we do think that the world would be a better place if we lived by what was in the Bible, right? But he, but he cautioned us and said, don't be jerks about it. You remember all that? He didn't. Go back and listen to last week's message. Today, as we tackle the question, do religions basically teach the same thing? There are at least two groups of people in this room. There's the first group of you. You're going, oh no. Maybe it it kind of does sound like religions teach the same thing. I kind of like the analogy of the elephant. And if that's you, then let me ask you to keep an open mind as we study today, as we go through today, and as, then as we look at Scripture today. But there's another group of people in this room. You're followers of Christ. You've been followers of Christ for a while. And you already know the answer to this question. We've already said it a number of times this morning in our prayers and our songs, is that, is that we believe Christianity is different because Jesus is the only way. But let, so let me ask you to not go on autopilot. Because I think sometimes we have a tendency when we think we already know how to answer this question, we'll just go, yeah, yeah, I got it. Let's move on. I want to go to Mother's Day lunch. Let me ask you not to do that. Okay, because, because there are people in your life that you know and love that are, ant- that are asking this question. And I'm saying you need to learn how to answer this question in the right way. Because there is a wrong way to answer this question. Even if you have the right answer, there's a wrong way to answer it. But before we dig in and look at all that, let me, let me pray for us. Let's pray. Lord God, as we answer this question, and we, as we study Your Word in the Bible, God, help us to hear what You want to say to us today. Give us a clearer understanding of who You are, of Your love for us. God, I ask that for the people in this room that aren't sure about You, that have doubts about You, that don't know if You exist, I pray, God, that You would make Yourself known. We talk through of how You actually did that. Make Yourself known to them. God, I ask that You would help those of us in this room who are, who are Your followers, that You would help us to be strengthened in our walk with You today. And God, that You would help us to have a heart for other people so that we too can answer this question with directness and with respect and love. God, above all else, I pray that You'd help us to worship You It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, let me frame this question for you this way. I think when people ask this question, do all religions teach the same thing? And they, and they hear an immediate, no, of course not, from, from Christians. Let me translate for you what, they, what other people hear when they hear, no, of course not. They hear this. They hear, they hear, I'm right, and you're wrong, and I'm right just because I'm right. And when they hear that, when they, when they begin to perceive that, they see the same pride and arrogance in us as followers of Christ as what happened in the Middle Ages when Christians and Muslims slaughtered one another. And people are repulsed by that. They don't like the pride and arrogance thing. And again, go back, listen, April 27th to, to the first message in this series, Keith deals with how to handle the arrogance question. So what I want to propose to you today, instead of just saying a quick no, of course not. Religions don't all teach the same thing. I want, to, I want to give you a framework on how you can directly, respectfully, and lovingly answer this question 
And I think you start with this. If you've got notes, let me get you, ask you to take those out. Write these down so you'll remember them. Because I'm telling you, people you know and love are asking this question. I think you start with saying this. I think you say, you know what? There are some incredible similarities between Christianity and the other major world religions. There are incredible, incredible similarities. And starting from this vantage point of saying that, yes, acknowledging, I acknowledge that there are some similarities, doesn't mean that you agree that all of the other religions are equally valid, okay? You're simply starting from a place of going, I've thought about this too. I've looked at some of the other world religions and I acknowledge that there are some similarities. And that's okay. That's a good starting point. Let me look at, let's look at some of those similarities together so that you can see them and acknowledge that they're there. The first similarity is this, is that the major world religions tell a story of a search for meaning and purpose in life. And they try to explain how people fit into the world and ultimately have a better afterlife, whatever they call that afterlife. That's, that's really what the religions are, are, are trying to answer that question. They're trying to tell that story. And, and I'm going to give you a quick summary, and let me acknowledge we don't have time today to go through and for, for anyone up here to give you a detailed version of here's what every major world religion teaches. But I'm going to try to kind of skim across the top and hit a few of them. Buddhism teaches that you can arrive at an ideal state where you no longer have any craving through enlightenment. They're trying to teach of how you can have a better life and be enlightened. In Hinduism, they teach that the world uh, is an illusion and cyclical and that the goal is to be released from that cycle. And in Islam, that you attain heaven by living a certain way. Again, I'm just skipping across the top of those, but you can see they're similar in that they're teaching. They're trying to answer the question, how do we have life here on earth in the best way? And how do we have whatever is next, how is that going to be the best possible? But there's a second similarity in and the people that practice religions, and it's this, is that they are people that practice those religions are very sincere in what they believe. You have to acknowledge that. And that is okay to acknowledge it. Keith has done a great job over the past couple of weeks of helping us to see that sincerity in other religions. So let me define sincerity for you. It means to be free from hypocrisy. In other words, that you honestly, genuinely, really earnestly believe your faith, your religion to be true. Keith gave us great illustrations over the past couple weeks. He talked about in the first week, people who, if you were in science class and you sincerely believed that this concoction, I don't remember what it was exactly, but you, you thought it was water that was in a cup and you believed it was water so you drank it, but yet it was poison, it would still kill you even if you believed it was poison, right? Last week he gave the story of how when he was a child he missed out on one of his games because he believed the start time was different than the actual start time. He sincerely believed it. He wasn't trying to lie. He wasn't trying to be deceptive. He sincerely believed it, yet he missed out on the game because he was wrong on the start time. Obviously, you and I both can be sincere in what we believe and be wrong. There's a third similarity between most of the major world religions, and it's this, is that they teach something similar when it comes to what is morally right and morally wrong. You can look across all of the major world religions and you can see a similar teaching as to what you'll find right here. Don't harm another person by what you do or say. Honor your mom and dad. Be kind to other people, especially young kids and the elderly. Don't have sex with another person's spouse. Don't steal someone else's property. 
Don't lie. Care for people who are weaker than you and that don't have enough food or clothing. You can see similar teachings. They may not say it exactly like that, but you can see similar teachings in, in most of the major world religions. And listen, that shouldn't come as a surprise to us who are followers of Christ that understand what Scripture says. Let me read for you Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 as found in the Message Translation. It says this, it says, When outsiders who have never heard of God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm its truth by their obedience. They show that God's law is, is not something alien imposed on us from without, but woven into the very fabric of our creation. There is something deep within them that echoes God's yes and no, God's right and wrong. This passage is clearly teaching us that God has put His imprint in all of humanity. If you go back and look at the creation account in Genesis, we see God talking there. And He says, let us make mankind in our own image. In other words, God is putting a little piece of Him into each one of us. And we get to reflect that back. And and that's really God's morality there. That yes and no, what is right and wrong is in each one of us. And that's why you can look throughout the history of time at people who have never heard the name of Jesus and they all believe similar things about what is right and wrong. But that reflection, it's been marred by sin. And we'll get to what we do with that in just a little bit. And so I think we can see there are some similarities between the major world religions. And it's good to acknowledge those. But there's a more fundamental question that has to be asked when addressing the question, do all religions teach the same thing? And how this question is answered will show the critical difference between Christianity and the other world religions. And the question is this, who is God? Who is God? You remember I shared with you a a couple weeks ago when I was in Russia, I was talking with, with my friends there, they, they shared a story like this. They said that many people there believe an analogy that goes like this. They would say that there's a God that sits on top of a mountain. And that each of the major world religions is simply a different path up the same mountain to the same God. And that's the way that a lot of people look at this who is God question and how to get to Him. But, but what if What if that God, let's stay with that illustration or that analogy of God being on a mountain. What if that God that was on the mountain, what if He revealed Himself to the people who were trying to get up to the mountain? And what if He said, I'm going to show you the path to get to me? I mean, that would change everything, right? If if, If there was a God out there, which we believe that there is, and He said, I love you. I want you to know me. I want you to know the path to me. Wouldn't that change everything? It changes everything. Absolutely it does. It means that all of those other paths are not valid because God's saying, I'm going to show you the way to me. It changes everything. I was having, a, I was having lunch with a friend of mine. I can't say who it was because of what they do um, in our city where they live. But, but their ministry is to reach out to people of other faiths. I was having lunch with him this past week. And we were talking about people of other faiths coming to know Christ. And he shared with me the story of this this lady who had become a follower of Christ. And she became a follower of Christ, and some in part by these other Christians that were telling her about Jesus, but but also because she was reading the book of John in the New Testament. And these were her words, sort of, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. 
But she basically said, as I read about who Jesus was and is, it was as if he was showing me who God really was and is. My friend was excited as he was sharing with me that story because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. This, this woman on her own, really, with the Holy Spirit's help, was able to see who God was. Why? Because she looked at the person of Christ. She was someone who was deeply religious before. She thought she knew God. All right? But she really knew who God was and is by looking at Jesus. Now in the book, No Perfect People Allowed, by John Burke, there's a great illustration. I'm not going to do the illustration justice, but basically it goes like this. He, he, he paints this picture of what if there was this world out there that was only two-dimensional? We don't really fully understand that because we don't live in just two dimensions. But what if there really was this world that was two-dimensional? And let's say that there was, there was this God who was at least three dimensions, and he was trying to communicate to the people or to the beings that lived in this two-dimensional world. And they couldn't understand him because they couldn't comprehend something other than just the two dimensions that they lived in. In other words, like kind of a flat area. And so this God said, okay, I know how I can reach these people. I can give them framework. If I will become two-dimensional like them, then I can go and point them to myself and give them the framework and the language. Now listen, in a very real way, that's kind of what God did for us in His Son, Jesus Christ, right? We live in a three-dimensional world at least. And God is outside of that. And He knew that we had a hard time understanding who He was and how we could know Him. And so He said, I'm going to answer that for you guys. I am going to come by sending My Son, Jesus Christ, who is God. I'm going to come and show you and model for you so that you can understand it. Now listen, we still have a hard time grasping that, right? If we're, if we're honest. I mean, how many of you actually fully understand the Trinity? That there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then that makes total sense to you. Anybody? I mean, I believe it to be true, right? I can go to Scripture and tell you why I believe it to be true. I have a very hard time comprehending how it all works. If you're honest, you probably do too. If you don't, then let's talk. Let's write a book. We don't fully comprehend God, and that's okay. That's what makes God, God. But He did come. And, he, and, and as we look at Jesus Christ, He begins to paint the picture of who this, who this God is and how we can know Him. Christianity teaches that God made Himself known through the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. Other religions don't teach that. Don't even get close. In Buddhism, Buddha never claimed to be a deity. And he professed real doubts as to whether or not there actually was a God that existed. And he said, even if there is a God that exists, he cannot help you achieve enlightenment. So it doesn't really matter if there's a God out there. In Hinduism, they basically believe and teach that everything is God, and that, and that God and the universe are kind of the same. They teach that the material world is an illusion, and that the only reality is spiritual in nature. And therefore, God is more like a principle uh, or, or an underlying force. And I really mean this with respect, but it helped me understand it, so it might help you. Um, it's kind of like the force in Star Wars. That's kind of how they view God out there. Islam acknowledges that there is a God and He is personal in nature and that He's separate from creation. 
But they, they don't believe, because of the teachings of Muhammad, that Jesus was, in, was the Son of God. They believe instead that Jesus was just a prophet. And that you never can know whether or not, or whether how you stand with God. You never can know of whether or not your guilt and your shame is gone. That is huge. To be, in a, to be in a state where you never could know, is your guilt gone? Christianity, however, sees the God of the Bible as different. We teach and believe that God is spirit and infinite, with all knowledge present at all times and all places and all powerful. We believe He is above us and our world, yet present with us. We believe that God is good, He's holy, He's absolutely righteous and loving. He is also personal, meaning that He can be known. He's not merely a force or energy. And here it comes. He is revealed in three personalities. God the Father, God the Son who reveals God to us, and God the Holy Spirit. Christianity teaches that Jesus is the difference. God, we go back to that mountain analogy. God on the mountain. I don't believe He's just on a mountain, but says, you can know Me by following Jesus' path. That's the difference between Christianity and other world religions. If you've got a Bible, let me ask you to turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 30 through 33. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone Him, but Jesus said to Him, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone Me? And they said, we're not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for the blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. There are people, I've heard them say this back in in, in school and even in some conversations that I've had over my lifetime that say Jesus never claimed to be God. He did. He did claim to be God. And if you're a follower of Christ, you, you have to go, okay, He did claim this. And if you're a follower of Him, you have to believe that He claimed this. How do I know that He claimed it? Well, number one, it says, I and the Father are one. But the people that were listening to Him were picking up stones to stone Him because they understood He was making the claim to be God. On over in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus is speaking again, speaking to, um, to, to a lady. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me will, will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in Me will never die. Do you believe this? He's showing the path to heaven, right? Only God could really show the path, not just someone. I can't make something up and go, here's the path to heaven. But God can show us the path. God can tell us the path. And God, Jesus, right here is is saying, He is the path. He is the path. And then in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus again is speaking. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then on in verse 9, he says, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is claiming here, He is God. And He's saying, If you look at Him, you will see God the Father. Now we have to acknowledge that the other religions differ from Christianity based on that claim, right? Yes. And it's not the only difference. Christianity also differs in answering the question of man's basic problem. How do we get to heaven? How do we have the better afterlife? The other day I was 
speaking to a, a, a new friend of mine. And we were talking. He was a little curious about what I did as, as being on staff at a church, being one of the pastors. And um, he, he kind of had the mindset that some have, some of you might have this, hopefully you don't. But he was going, so like, what do you do during the week? Don't you just work on Sunday? And I was like, no, you know, we actually work. There's stuff that we're doing. And, and so then he started talking to me about, about how he and his family had helped out this other family that needed money. And they were generous and they were, they were good. They helped him out. And then how he had talked to his daughter and said, Daughter, this is how you get to heaven. By being good to other people. Now listen, we're early on in our relationship. We're talking. We're going we're gonna to get to the Jesus thing in a little bit. In that conversation with him. But, let me tell you. Most people you interact with that are not followers of Christ have that same view of how they get to heaven, or whatever they call the afterlife. They may be of another religion, they may be of no religion, but they think that there's something else out there. And they think similarly, if I do and behave in certain ways and am good enough, then certainly my good will outweigh my bad and I can be in heaven one day. That's what most people out there that are not followers of Christ think. Some of you might think that. There's a problem. And the problem is this. We can't be good enough. If we go back and we look at at that list of common, that common list of moral teaching of right and wrong, we go back and look at that list. Let me ask you how you're doing on that list. So here we go. Don't harm another person by what you do or say or how you say it. Think back in the last two weeks. Anybody mess up there? Am I the only one? No. Listen, Friday morning I goofed up here on the phone with my wife and I'm a jerk. I have to text back a few minutes later and go, I'm really sorry. I apologize. I hurt you with my words. Honoring your parents. How many of you when you were in high school and college did a great job there? Anybody? I had one person raise their hand and their mom smacked them in the back of the head a little bit later in the first service. Man, nobody, right? Being kind to other people, especially children and elderly folks. You might go, okay, I'm I'm all right there. But how many of y'all get frustrated at little kids walking in front of you that you can't get past you don't want to step on them? I saw one hand. How many people get frustrated at... People who are a little slower than you in line, regardless of their age. Anybody? Yeah, some some do. What about don't have sex with another person's spouse? And most of you are going, okay, I got this one. But what did Jesus teach about this? You remember? He said, if you look at another person with lust in your heart, lust in your eyes, and you get credit for it, don't answer that. What about not stealing someone else's property? Again, you're probably going, I got it. I don't go to Kroger and steal anything. How are you with your time at work? You work every moment that you're supposed to be? You pull up Facebook every once in a while while you're at work? Or what about you download songs online without paying for them? Movies? Anybody? What about not lying? 
about caring for people who are weaker than you? Yeah, I mean, we, we do stuff. We help people. But do you, you always care for those that are weaker, that don't have enough? I mean, generally speaking, we messed up in all of those areas, right? And, but, but you're going, I got it. I, I, I may have messed up in all of those areas, but I'm better than Hitler, right? So I've got to be okay. But, but what if? What if the God, going back to our mountain illustration, what if the God that was on that mountain, what if when he revealed himself to us and said, this is the path to me, what if as he was revealing things, what if he said, you've got to keep that moral code 100%? How many of you go then? I got it. Anybody? No. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 teaches, For all have sinned and we fall short of God's glory. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. I want to give you a dumb illustration. but I think it helps drive the point home. I used to use this illustration all the time when I was talking to middle and high school students years ago in student ministry. And the illustration goes like this. Another analogy. What if God was on a mountain? I mean, excuse me, God. On, what if God was on the moon? Well, we don't believe that God was on the moon, just for clarity in case you're getting lost on this. But what if He was on the moon? And He said to all of us as humans, said, all right, in order to get to me, to be accepted by me, you have to jump up here to the moon. And I'm going to give you your jumping ability based on how good you are and all of the works that you do. And so... Let's all agree, maybe, that, that Mother Teresa, would we all agree that she was definitely a good person? Yeah, I mean, she's probably one of, the, one of the better ones, yeah. So let's say, based on her goodness, and her jumping ability was like 15 feet high. We've already acknowledged that Hitler was bad, so we're going to keep um, using him as an example. His jumping ability, based on how bad he was, is only like two inches. And so I'm going to look at those two people and go, I'm somewhere in between them, Right? But I'm going to go on the low side, and I'm going to go, maybe I can jump a foot or two. Now, from God's perspective, if he lived on the moon, and he was able to look down at all of these people jumping, trying their best to jump up to the moon, does he see much difference? No. Even our best works, even the best of us, are like filthy rags, because God says, my standard is absolutely or absolute perfection, absolute 100% adherence to all of those moral code, and none of us can do that. And if the story ended there, if the sermon ended there, it would be bad news. But the major difference in Christianity and other religions is that Christianity teaches we don't have to do all of those things to make God love us. Christianity says because of the work that Christ has already done on the cross, and because He has already been raised Um, from death, that the work has been done and we don't have to do anything. Now, we will do good works because we love God and because Jesus is living in us, but we don't do those good works to make God love us and to earn our place with Him. Ephesians chapter 2 really sums this up for us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We will do good works because Jesus is living in us as Christ followers. But it's not those good works that make God love us or that earns us a place in heaven. Does that make sense? 
Biblical Christianity differs because it's not stuff that we do because we believe that the work was already done. Biblical Christianity is not so much a religion as it is a God-initiated relationship with us. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and saved, save what was lost. Any of the world's re- other world religions are radically different because ultimately they fail to acknowledge the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, as being God. John chapter 8, verse 42, and then on into 47, it says, Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but He who sent me. He who belongs to God hears what God says. Jesus here is saying to us, not all religions are the same. It's not enough to be sincere. It's not enough to do good, because you can't do enough good on your own. They don't all, all the paths, all those different religious paths don't all lead to the same place. He says, I am the unique way to get to God. You can only do it by coming through me. And he doesn't mean that the way we often do by saying, if you're going to get somebody to come through me as a challenge, he means it as an invitation to each one of us. He says, come, get to know God the Father through me, through Jesus Christ. And so my question for you today is this, what are you doing with Jesus? Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Maybe today, maybe today as you've been asking that question, do all religions teach the same thing? You went, oh, I got it, I, I hear it now. Christianity is different because I can know God by looking at Jesus Christ and having a relationship with Him. And so if that's you and you, you want to become a follower of Jesus, then tell God something like this in your own words. Pray this, Lord Jesus, to the best that I understand it, I ask you to come into my life to be my leader and my forgiver. God, I, I'm giving you complete and total control of my life. I'm putting my faith and trust in you because of the work that you've already done on the cross for me. Now listen, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer or something similar to it, because it's not, it's not magic words, right? God's concerned about what's going on inside your heart. But if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you are a brand new creation and that you now have a relationship with God. Listen, this church exists to help people come to faith in Christ, to come to know Him, and to grow in that relationship. So I want to ask you to do something that that may be a little scary. If you prayed that prayer on the back of that communication card that we talked about earlier in the service, there's a box that you can check on the back that says, I'm committing my life to Christ, or it might say, I'm following Jesus today. Check that box. Now that's not the scary part. The scary part might be, at the end of the service, if you will, you will take yourself and that card to the front left-hand side of the auditorium. We'll have a few people there. There's a table card called our encourager table. They want to give you some materials that will help you on this journey of knowing Jesus, of following Him, and growing and, and becoming a mighty man or woman of God. This material will help you on that road. If you can't do that, then, then I at least would ask of you to take that communication card and turn it into the offering basket at the end of the service. 
And we will get in contact with you. We will give you the same material. We'll mail it to you. We'll also give you a phone call. We want to help you. We want to help answer questions. And we want to help you get started in that relationship with God. Listen, if you, if you made that commitment to Jesus, that's the most important decision that you will ever make in your entire life. But I also want to, to pray for those of you in the room that are followers of Christ that already knew the answer to the question. Do all religions teach the same thing? No, they don't. But my prayer for you is that you would take what we looked at this morning, the similarities, and, and use that as a starting point when you're talking with people. Because I'm, I'm telling you, people that you interact with on a daily basis that don't know Jesus, again, regardless of whether religion they are, they're asking that question. And, and, and church, listen, we've got to answer that question for people. We need to point people to Christ because people need to People need to have their sins forgiven. They need to have hope for the future. And we as Christ followers can help them be pointed to Christ. So I'm asking you, Dogwood Church, and me to be a part of telling other people. So I want to pray for you in that. Lord Jesus, I pray for us in this room, that those that call Dogwood our church home. God, help us to have a heart for people and to see people the way you do with tremendous love. And help us, God, when we interact with people and they're asking these hard, difficult questions, help us to not shy away from those questions, but instead, God, to answer them with truth and directness and with love. God, help us to not be arrogant believers. But help us to be confident believers, confident in, in the work that you've done on the cross. And that that work is freely offered to other people. Or give us those conversations and help us to see and take hold of those conversations and to not pass up opportunities. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.